0: Is All it okay right. if we, like, uh, publish, like, a picture of you, like, as, like, an introduction to the episode? Yeah, like, on yeah that's Instagram? fine. Okay. Look, look
1: at you being a lawyer. Yes, yes, you have my consent.
2: <laughs> it's on record. <laughs>
1: right, it's on record, so I can't sue you.
2: Got you. <laughs> Sasha and I talk a lot about, like, how we pronounce our last names versus how we say them to people, so I was just Wondering if you could please share with us how you pronounce your last name, so we can learn it.
1: Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, people usually don't.
2: Hello, welcome to Lily by Lingo. This is Sasha,
0: and with me is Dara. Today we have a special guest. With us is Emmanuel Ajimandia, um, and Dara is going to give you a brief introduction to our episode today.
2: Yeah, of course. So Emmanuel is a first generation law school student from Northern Virginia. He attended the University of Virginia, where he studied public policy and received a master's in public health, which is really cool. Um, He worked for a few years as a healthcare consultant before law school, and he is interested in the intersection between law and public health, and he hopes to use his legal education to one day affect policy. So welcome, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm good. So (laughs) thank you for that wonderful introduction wow that was that felt so professional like I was about to receive an award
0: <laughs> we tried we're trying to be a little bit formal but we're informal at the same time it's okay
1: <laughs> Oh, I love it I love it um, thank you thank you guys so much for having me um it's really an honor
0: yeah sweet so tell us more about you and your plans after law school and what made you decide to come to law school
1: Oh, that's a good question. I've heard that so many times. First time I saw I that, was on my... <laughs> it's like a cliche appl- question. Right, right. <laughs> it was actually on my application to apply to law school. So I guess I know. I'm, I'm going to go through the whole um, background story. So I this is actually the first time I've ever been in North Carolina. Um, so wow. be- before this, I had never stepped foot like past like Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, <laughs> I, I initially had plans after my master's program. To go work in the Peace Corps for about two years, um, and then do law school. Um, however, because of the pandemic, um, I had to cancel that plan. Oh, wow! Yeah. Um, but luckily enough, as the the universe will have it, um, the Peace Corps had this relationship with Elon. They mm-hmm. had like uh, a fellowship program, or I think a scholarship program. And so, in researching, you know, how I can get my law school paid for, I was on the Peace Corps website. And I saw Elon and I was like, wow, this is, this is interesting. Um, okay. So I applied. <laughs> I applied to Elon. I talked to Professor Sear about uh, my plans to work in the Peace Corps and how that didn't really work out. So she encouraged me to apply and and I did. Um, and I've, I've loved it so far. It's That's
2: My plans awesome. at
1: the law school. My plans at the law school. Um, so I worked in switzerland geneva for a year um with the world health organization so
2: cool. <laughs> wow <laughs>
1: <laughs> no guys it was, it was nothing it was nothing i was, I was an intern I was, no, <laughs> just, I, was, right. I was a i was a low-paid consultant like it, it
2: wasn't <laughs> <laughs> so awesome is awesome.
1: you're right you're right you no know i should i should do that more often uh, no, but my, my ultimate plan is to go back and work with the UN um, in, the, in the healthcare field. Um, I think global health is, is very important, even though it's not talked about enough. Um, yeah. so, so that's why I want to be. That's what I want to do with my law degree.
2: That's
0: awesome. That's so cool. And, and was that like a program through just Elon University or Elon Law specifically?
1: Um, so the World Health Organization Program?
0: The one that you, where you saw that the you Peace and lost The with, Peace
1: Corps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So the Peace Corps program, that's through Elon. They just have the relationship with Elon Law. Um Okay. So it's like Calderwell Fellows. I actually didn't apply through that fellowship um, only because I hadn't gone to the Peace Corps yet. I had to cancel my plans. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But that's what, that's basically my introduction to Elon. That's how I found out about Elon, how I found out about the two and a half year program. Um and and everything else was history.
2: Yeah, it's super cool. I've seen um I've kind of seen the information about the fellowship. I just didn't know much about it other than Peace Corbus was involved. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's
0: interesting information and it's not really out there unless you research it.
1: Right, right. They yeah. they had it, they definitely had the ball. Um with
2: <laughs> Uh, yeah that's awesome so I mean I guess that answers our second question of you know what brought you to Elon um, is there I feel like I'm, I'm gonna go off topic just for like a quick second so I'm sorry <laughs> we, don't, yeah. we don't we always, have to do, that. About
1: it. We always do that <laughs> no, that's fine. But,
2: but I feel like um, sometimes there's a difference between you know why we chose a school and then why we stayed mm-hmm. at that school mm-hmm. so since starting you know has that changed have you seen anything at Elon that has made you want to stay or or even not like what has so, changed since then <laughs>
1: so, so my answer is going to be two-part and the second one is going to be very sappy so so get ready okay. um, <laughs> so when I first started Elon my first semester um if you if you talk to any of my close friends I was I was ready to transfer I mm-hmm. um well not simply because I did not like the environment, the the Greensboro environment. I didn't think it was very conducive Um, for law school. The the school was very small. Um, Mm -hmm. So I hadn't toured Elon before I attended.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I get that. I did that for undergrad. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so everything everything was kind of like shock factor, surprising. But since being here, um, a lot has changed. And I decided against transferring uh, because of the people I met. community the administration the professors everyone is just so kind i don't know if it's a southern hospitality type of thing but everyone here has been very warm and welcoming so Mm -hmm. um so that's that's actually what's kept me here um
2: that's good yeah yeah yeah. i kind of get that um i so in a similar way to you with law school i did that for undergrad Mm -hmm. so i went completely blind i didn't i didn't tour it i didn't you know, <laughs> I just showed up for move-in day and then I was right. living there. <laughs> but you know, but I guess, ticker. yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I absolutely get that when, when people kind of make it a welcome environment. I just, mm-hmm. I wish that was the case for all students. I feel like it's very hit or miss at Elon right now. Either students feel welcomed or they don't. And yeah, don't, you know, <laughs>
0: that, that's, how, that's how I feel like it, it depends on the people you uh, get along with or the people that you choose to
2: hang out with
0: it, mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with that I feel like the administration is um very warm warm and welcoming like you said but some students still like are so I and, and I think it has to do with COVID and us being virtual that we don't get to know each other or see each other often in the classroom like it should be right I think that has to do a lot with that too
1: yeah no it it's, it certainly does COVID COVID has played a big role and, and this year's law school journey.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we're glad that you decided to stay. <laughs> I know. We're, <laughs> we're glad you're here. No, I'm, I'm, glad,
1: I'm glad to be here with, yeah. with all you wonderful people.
0: Aww. Thank you. <laughs> so you won first place in the Black History Month essay competition that's sponsored by Elon Law's Anti-Racism Working Group and mm-hmm. actually the Elon University Center for Writing Excellence. So can you share a little bit about Fire this time, and how that inspired reflections, which is the essay you wrote, and that got you first place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> so so this this is a funny story for slash confession. Um, so when when I decided to participate in the in the competition, I actually didn't know it was the inaugural essay contest, and I also didn't know there was gonna be a prize at the end. Oh, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, actually also titled it Reflections because I worked on it the night before it was due. Uh, and so it was just purely a reflection of like, you know, since being at law school, everything that's happened in the world um, mm-hmm. against, against minority students, mm-hmm. but also against minority bodies and how the police continues to brutalize uh, minorities. So um, Reflections was really out of that idea that, uh, and you mentioned this earlier, like, you know, we come to law school and, you know, the the reasons that bring us here are not the reasons that keep us here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Reflections was born out of that that sentiment that, wow, like I used to be an advocate and an activist, um, a voice for people without a voice but mm-hmm. since being at law school, I've been so preoccupied with studying with books, with mm-hmm. trying to do well, trying not to flunk out mm-hmm. uh, that i've I haven't had time to actually sit down with my thoughts and think about everything that's going on in the world. I've, I've kind of put my blindness on or I had put my blindness on until that that point so i I saw the essay competition I said it's an opportunity to, to like just step out of like law school for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about how I feel. Um, so I, I kind of started the essay talking about how um, I stared at the the prompt for a long time, and then I was embarrassed because I'm like, wow, I'm all, I'm actually only doing this because it's being prompted out of me to do, and it's it's not really for my own um, desire, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so so that part was embarrassing, but I think it was also. Um, cathartic to like sit down and and talk about what's been going on
0: yeah Um, and that makes it so spontaneous and pure you know that that it was just what came out at the time that you sat and did it without you know planning
1: yeah without planning without
0: that's awesome
2: and I can definitely resonate with that sentiment of like it feels like so much is happening in law school and we're constantly you know briefing yeah. and all these things That right. it's very easy to lose sight of of a world outside the school and even you know individually the parts that we wanted to like what well, we were advocates for like you mentioned you know it's mm-hmm. it's too easy to get caught up in in life and just stop writing
1: mm-hmm. yeah and and I, and I think there's something to be said about that this, the way law school is taught. Um, you know, we are, we are called advocates, we are called, um, you know, I guess representatives of, of people. Yeah. But when, when you really think about it and, and you guys know as, as well as I do, like the training we are getting is to just make us these objective beings to mm-hmm. just spit out like the two sides of the coin all the time. And it's not always two sides of the coin. Like with, mm-hmm, with right. things like racism and police brutality, that's only one side of the coin. And mm-hmm. um, and I, I think we 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 are deprived of that experience. And so I really appreciated that this essay contest because I think for the first time I felt that I was doing advocacy mm-hmm. um, in the purest sense of the the word, um, and not just like on a memo brief where I had to argue both sides. Yeah,
2: that
0: makes total sense. Yeah, for it's sure. yeah. Our minds get so objective, we kind of like... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we a- we get better at analyzing, but at the same time, we kind of like step out of what we personally think
1: mm-hmm.
0: and our opinions, and those mm-hmm. should always be valid.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Always, yeah. Well, and it yeah, can even sure. get in the way of like our clients' opinions eventually. I yeah, no. Honestly, I found that like, to me, what has helped kind of step out of of that thinking that that is law school is is by by doing pro bono i feel like sometimes just having that interaction with a client and remembering like oh we're here because we want to help this person yeah. and this is how we do it i think yeah. that also helps remember what it what it was all about right yeah yeah we'll sorry. move on <laughs> 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 um, so Honestly, congratulations on your selection for the the North Carolina Bar Association's
1: twenty twenty
2: one minorities in the like that's a, as <laughs>
1: that's a, a long mouthful. A title.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the minorities in the profession one all summer associate program. Mm-hmm. So, how, what has that been like for you?
1: No, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's it's been quite it's been quite an experience. Um. So some other confession. I feel like I'm gonna start all my, <laughs> all, my uh, all the follow up, all the congratulations or confessions. So I actually wasn't wasn't confident I was gonna get um, picked for this program. Um, well, simply because my my uh, my response to the prompt about diversity was very unorthodox. Um, yeah. It was it was very um, out of the box. I'm I'm a very out of the box thinker, um, and so I didn't get the direct answer of like how I view diversity. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was more so I approached I it more so you know diversity and thinking, diversity and, and the way we study law, mm-hmm. um, as I alluded to before, um, and I think we we have we have this very well by we I mean probably a minority of people. Um, (laughs) rather than like a lot of people have this idea that the law is, you know, being in the courtroom or litigating, doing X, Y, and Z. But um, recently I found out, um, you know, learned a little from Professor El Zabawi about legal epidemiology and just understanding how the law influences health outcomes. Um, And so I think diversity in that sense and diversity and inviting all these different ideas to, um, to change what law looks like in North Carolina, what law looks like for first-generation students. Because um, most of the time, when, when you talk to first-generation students and you ask them what they want to do with their law degrees, the answer they get from advisors, counselors, everyone is, oh, go into immigration law, go into human rights law, go into um, this, that, and the third. And it's always things surrounding very um, traditionally um, minority legal fields. Mm-hmm. and and so i think just the idea of like changing the narrative um a little bit and having you know minorities going to like legal scientific fields or legal business fields or corporate mm-hmm. legal fields um it's it's how we diversify the north carolina bar and how we diversify the legal experience for everyone
0: yeah i totally agree with that and 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 in in some sense, that's how I started law school. Like I want to mm-hmm. do transactional law, I want to do international law, and I still I'm still interested in that. But at the same time, when you start reading all these cases, mm-hmm. and you start seeing like these like the people that need help, the communities that need more advice, you know, all that help and advice mm-hmm. from us, it kind of starts changing. At least in my mind, as mm-hmm. a minority person, like. I should help like I should do something about this right. because and I think there's some of attraction uh toward uh underrepresented groups too mm-hmm. you know that in some way they're like well if not a lot of people are doing this and I should step up and I think it has right. to do with that too
1: I, I definitely agree um and that's the other side of that mm-hmm. that consideration <laughs> is that you know if if no one else does it who will like we yeah. have to be the same ones to represent our people and their voices um yeah unfortunately you know it's not very much incentivized Mm, that's true um compared to like corporate the corporate legal fields which is very unfortunate but
2: yeah but i mean also like you said it's one of those things where representation is important not only in the fields we're told to go into and so for me i'm very passionate about immigration law but sometimes Mm -hmm. like you do need companies to know what that means and Know how right. to handle a lot of things. Like if if we only stick to certain fields as minority groups, then no. How? Why would people know how to manage things? Why would companies mm-hmm. know about the basics right. of immigration law? Why would defense attorneys understand the consequences of charges? Like, I right. it it does become much more about what that field looks like in in that specific area and how. Mm-hmm people learning about different fields and also minorities being in those different fields is yeah. what, what's truly really going to make a difference. Yeah. Minorities no, need certainly. to be
0: in those, in those uh, environments and spaces because that's how a company in general creates diversity and has different perspectives because mm-hmm. of people from different backgrounds, you know, can enrich a company in many ways. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I can see many scenarios like, you know, when we study towards about market share liability and talking about pharmaceutical companies and how they treat the general public, you know, I can see a situation where not having a minority present um, on the legal council for one of these big pharmaceutical companies can be very Mm -hmm. detrimental to a minority community because they don't have that Mm -hmm. same type of, uh, not to make a hasty generalization, but I don't believe that. Uh, non-minority people represent minority voices very well because mm-hmm. they don't empathize or connect with them in no, um, that boardroom. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, that's very true. I've read something about retention that it's very hard to retain because uh, sometimes in these spaces, certain groups feel uncomfortable, so they leave.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So that's that's a place where it also needs to be um, mm. carefully, you know, analyzed where. People just don't want to be there because of how they feel.
1: Right. How yeah. they're treated.
0: Yeah. So, so um, you, how, how many languages do
1: you speak? Okay. Um, so,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, right,
1: right. <laughs> Sharp left turn. Um, so, I, I speak um, fluently, two, um, but I generally speak four. Um, I'm still oh. learning French, and I'm still learning Spanish, so someday, maybe it will be six. <laughs>
2: wow. But, but for right now,
1: um, so I speak English, of course, oh, I, I hope I speak it well. Um, <laughs> I speak English, <laughs> yes, I, speak, uh, I speak tree, um, I speak a little bit of Ga, which is another language in, in Ghana, and um, how is up
0: Long. Oh. yeah and do you pre- do you practice it with like family
1: sometimes so with tree i speak it more often because most of my friends um speak it with me um i don't have anyone to practice how's it with um, i have a half sister who speaks it so whenever i do talk to her you know she she teaches me more more words more more things to say uh, with spanish and french i have duolingo so that's mm-hmm. that's been helping a lot. Um, it
2: helps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, I usually I usually make friends from um, from from countries on um, which languages I want to learn. Um, so maybe after this, maybe after this um, this we interview, should, yeah. yeah, we should we should definitely um, link up for some some language lessons. That's that so helps, cool. <laughs>
2: we'll just switch to Spanish right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. How, sorry i'll let you continue sasha oh no
0: no <laughs> go ahead i was just saying i was just commenting on that like yeah we should definitely okay. do some conversational meetings
1: yeah no we should so so that next time i if i'm invited back the, the interview could be in spanish
2: <laughs> we can do that oh <laughs> um, i mean with that has that do you think that has changed your experience as a law student i feel like Sasha and I talk a lot about how being bilingual has made some things harder. I mean, and a few things easier, but mostly harder. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. has that? Do you think that has changed your experience as a law student?
1: Um. So, so not, not that it has changed. It was, and sometimes being in the same place, um, it's changed. I don't know. That sounds very meta being in the same places change but but so i'll make a comparison so when i was an undergrad um all my roommates were from ghana just like Mm -hmm. myself and so sometimes like if there was a concept i was like struggling with we would like code like switch it back to our language and talk through it and it made Mm -hmm. it so much more easier and so much more enriching to like be able to like explain things with friends or with family in your language Mm -hmm. because that's the that's like your instinct that's you know what you were born into so if you can understand, and this is some advice I got from my my old man, if you can understand anything in this world, um, if you can think in your in your language, you can understand anything else. Mm. If that that makes sense. So, um, yeah. So so yeah, undergrad was so much like more um, easier than mm-hmm. than grad school or than than law school right now, um, and not not for the obvious reason. It was just easier because of the, the reasons of like. You're able to just understand things in your language yeah. that might be too hard to grasp like in english
2: yeah i, I mean sasha and i do that all the time and and i can definitely get that is when we study together we study in spanish mm-hmm. um, which which helps us and i can definitely understand how that's just a huge difference yeah, oh, sorry. When, we do it too, but every time we
0: talk, we mention a legal term, we say it in English. Yeah, Kind of helps to, that's the barrier. Yeah, yeah. In my personal experience, um, this is the first time I go to an uh, English-only school. Mm. So um, I think the hardest class to me has been legal writing because oh. the grammar is just, different the where you place where you place certain words and nouns Mm -hmm. and verbs so that's that's the hardest class for me um like I can I can like fix all the typos and everything but every time I go to like Dr. Kiefer (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's something wrong or like something I have to change so I've like it's not just practicing English it's also practicing the legal language which is totally another thing Mm -hmm. that even English speaking people have difficulty with
1: Right. English, English, I heard from someone it's one of the hardest languages in the world to learn. Uh, even it's, though it's the, the most speaking, the most spoken I mean, uh, language in the world. So,
2: It's hard. I feel like it's, um, yeah. it's there's I feel like Spanish, we have a lot of rules and you learn the rules and mm-hmm. you follow them. English, you're just supposed to know that there's it's, letters you're just not going to pronounce in this right. one specific word. <laughs>
1: And this is, this is always a joke. I, I tell people who who are like, English isn't that hard. I'm like, okay, so why is the plural form of mouse mice? But the plural <laughs> form of house isn't heist. Like, nobody says heist. Like, it's just, it's houses. And the rules keep changing. So English is is, is very tough. It's very difficult. It is. <laughs>
0: yeah. they, they have irregular verbs that have
2: nothing to do with the
1: Right.
0: Language. It's just insane. Nothing.
1: Nothing <laughs> yeah. at all.
2: I remember, like, so my third grade teacher, she made us instead of like using a dictionary. She was like, "Here's some paper. You're gonna make your own because the the verbs are just all different."
1: Right. We had like
2: <laughs> we each made like a little book of irregular English verbs because that that was the only way she could get us to see like have a list of them. Yeah.
1: And I bet it was a it was probably a ridiculous list that you can came up with. <laughs>
2: it was. I still remember it. <laughs> That is very
0: true. Yeah, like feet, feet, foot, all that stuff. Fish, fishes, fish. Even if there's one more than one,
1: like you don't say geese for goose.
2: Oh are man,
1: geese. Yeah, moose. I don't even know moose, <laughs> mooses, meese. <laughs> it's just a lot.
0: It is. I think a lot of languages have things that are
2: just by memory. There's yeah. just no way. There's, oh, like, the sure. logic to it. And for me, it's been, like, the mem- not the memory of, like, learning it in class. It's the memory of saying it wrong and then someone being, like, oh, that's not it. And then you're, like, ah, okay, now, I re- now, now I'll i know.
1: <laughs> that happens all the time. Uh, I, it happened especially with um, the full term. I think I've said a word, um, decedent, like a decedent, um, and I said decedent. And someone in class corrected, like, no, it's it's decidence. like, oh, okay, I guess it's whatever you say it is. I'm, I I'm do sorry. that all the
2: like, yeah,
0: we yeah, all. Me too. Like even during contracts, remembering oh, contracts where I pronounced something wrong and the professor didn't understand what I was saying.
2: I was so mad that day because he literally mm-hmm. tried to be like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. He was like, oh, no. what is? I don't. You wish It was uh, re-sign, like sign it again. Yeah, and you, and you were saying yeah. recent, No, it was recent. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Either way, you yeah, no, want to be like she doesn't know what she's talking about, and we're like, no, you're not listening.
1: <laughs> you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't know about you, like I always find myself having to repeat things, certain words, mm-hmm. um, in class or like with professors, especially in office hours. It's my office hours are so awkward. Like I was, I would explain one thing, and professor would be like, "What?" I'm like, um. <laughs> Let me see if I can get a pictionary going to explain No, that has happened to me so
2: many times. (laughs) The amount of times I have to say, like, I'm sorry, I can't English right now. Let me try to say that again. (laughs) Uh, I get that. Well, um, I'm just honestly going to say thank you so, so much for joining us. I would totally love to do a part two someday if you're interested. We could try to in Spanish.
0: Yeah, we should. No, we're
1: definitely sure. we doing should, that. We should definitely do it in Spanish. Like, there's no turning back now. And I, no, okay. I, I definitely I've enjoyed myself. Um, this has been such a wonderful interview experience. Um, probably the highlight of my week. So thank you guys so much oh, for having awesome.
0: me. Thank you for accepting oh, the invitation. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank yeah, you anytime,
1: so, so much. Anytime. <laughs> anytime. Gra- gracias. De nada. De nada. There you go. Okay. Yeah, we definitely don't Spanish next time.
0: Okay. For sure. <laughs>
1: Alrighty. Well, thank
2: you so much for coming. Definitely anytime, doing the other anytime. episode. Yeah,
1: thank you so much. And All thank you
2: for anyone listening. You have a great yeah. weekend.
1: All right. You too. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.